Hello, and here we are with another edition of Deeper, and it's a great pleasure to have Rob with us today. Good morning, Rob. Morning, Steve. Morning, everybody. Hope you're having a good, good day. When we're recording this, and this is the the day after the night before, because last night when we're we, okay, yeah, we were, we said we were going to mention the football, but I've mentioned it. You know, we've got <laughs> So if I look it a little took bit, ten seconds. <laughs> if I look a little bit glummer than normal, it's because yeah, England lost last night. So anyway, here we go. We're looking at Ephesians five eight to eleven, which you preached on on Sunday, Rob. On the theme was goodness, goodness, goodness me. So uh, if you've not seen the talk, I would encourage you to go and watch it on our YouTube channel. Um, uh, but I would also love you to read the passage. So it's Ephesians 5, verses 8 to 11. Press pause, read the passage. Uh, it's only a short uh, number of verses. You might want to read it in different translations uh, and then restart the video. Great. So uh, just a few verses. Um, and we're going to go through it verse by verse like we normally do. Um, so, Rob, let's start. Verse eight. Uh, what what do you see here in verse eight? The, a very straightforward command. It's obviously a very simple analogy. We were in darkness. We're now in light. That's just a factual. But then he says, "Live as children of the light," uh, which uh, obviously easier said than done. But it's a very simple start reminder. You know, think about who you are and live. You know, in on that basis, you are children of light, so live yeah. as children of light. You know, don't be drawn back into the the old culture, the old pattern. Exactly, and uh, I mean, for me, the thing that stood out here is uh, obviously that what you've just said, but the first part, uh, Paul creates this really stark contrast, doesn't he, between what we once were and what we are. Uh, yeah. Is he? And he doesn't say, you know, once you were in darkness, he says you were once no. darkness. You were darkness. You were part, yeah. you're part of the problem of this world. Um, and that really struck out. You know, that, that stood out for me, really. That, um, Good, yeah. that we don't always fully understand the radical nature of our conversion. That once we were part of the problem of the world, and now we are part of the solution because of Jesus. And uh, that kind of change is, is massive, really. Um, yeah, and I must admit, I read that a few times and checked it in a few other uh, translations to make sure it wasn't like a typo, because normally you know, the word uh, is in. The word in is put in there. And you're, you were in darkness, but it doesn't. It's just you were darkness. Yeah. You know, yeah. Which is very powerful. And he, I mean, Paul describes what we once were in different ways, doesn't he? You know, uh, um, elsewhere, he describes as being enemies of God, and now we're friends of God. You know, and it's it's like he's always trying to bring out the radical nature of our conversion. Mm. Um, and it, it's not, uh, and he doesn't even say when it comes to the light bit. He doesn't say try to be light. He no. says you are. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, something has happened to you radically, and now you've got to live that out, live as yeah. children of light, because now you are light in Christ. Um, 
And that is not about, for me, as I looked at it, let's um, say that we, we all struggle with, with issues and sin and selfishness and greed and all that kind of stuff. Uh, that yeah. doesn't take away from the nature of who we are now in Christ. No. And who we yeah. are now in Christ is light. And it's, yeah. it's about stepping up into that light, isn't it? To live as that. Um, so let's move on to verse 9. Uh, so Paul says, you know, you are light, live as children of light. And then verse 9 expands on that, doesn't it? And there we have our wonderful little word, goodness. Yeah. So and the, righteousness and truth. Yeah. It's interesting. I was looking in virtually all the letters, you know, the, the fruit the fruit of the spirit that we are going through is a thought to put out there. I'm not convinced that the, the list that we go through is an exhaustive list. You know, we, yeah. we tend to think mm-hmm. that there's nine fruit of the spirit, but there's actually nine fruit of the spirit mentioned in Galatians chapter five. Because in, in virtually every other letter, you get something like this when it refers to what the, the consequences are of living with, with God. And, and the list, uh, and we've, we've referred to them in previous sermons when we've, we've picked up on these, these lists. They're not always identical. You know, they all follow the, the, the same general theme. You know, but this one, pick, picking up, you know, it picks up on, on righteousness and truth, which are two, as I mentioned in the definition of goodness, are kind of like two um, sub-clauses of, of goodness, that the two other aspects, you know, that, that definitely jump out, you know, truth, integrity, purity, righteousness, you know, are all the, the areas where goodness sits. Yeah. Um, but but, it, but there's, obviously there's, there's more fruit of, of living in the light than just these three that I mentioned here, as we know from other lists. That's right. I, I actually said that you clearly didn't watch last week's deeper. I said exactly the same thing last week about <laughs> yeah, Galatians five is not an exhaustive list because uh, I think I can't remember what passage back you now. It might have been Colossians. In the head passage, it has a lot of the fruit of the spirit and then throws in compassion, which isn't in Galatians five. Yeah. Um, and here we have goodness alongside righteousness and truth. Um, yeah. There is the, the the list is. Is endless, exhaustless, really. Yeah, yeah. we could go on with all the characteristics and virtues that we should have as Christians, but a lot of them are all very kind of linked up, aren't they? As you brought out in your sermon on Sunday, you know, kindness and goodness are very close. Yeah, uh, and I love the kind of uh, the you brought out that you know, kindness is very external, it's how we treat people, but goodness was much more of an internal moral character. And um, yeah, and I, I I thought that was really important. In fact, for me, both of the the three fruit here all seem to be more internal. You know, so uh, righteousness and truth all start from within. They're not necessarily yeah. simply, not like patience, for instance, which start well. Now that even starts within, doesn't it? Yeah, and get myself t- all stuck here. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I think I'll just move on. Um, yeah, so. Uh, I might be trying to push that too far, but certainly these are not very internal. I, I think, yeah, it's not the fact that they should only remain internal. I think we, we, we've got to be careful that we don't uh, go for the the hermit life of living in isolation and being uh, and, and having been a righteous 
good person uh, in isolation. I think that the righteousness, the, 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 the goodness uh, is indwelling, but it needs to land in the real world. Uh, you know, the, the, the goodness that we have needs to, needs to affect those around us, but, it, but it, it's, it comes from within, you know, our integrity, our righteousness comes from within, but it needs to, it's the imagery of salt and light, isn't it? And uh, that we're told, you know, ambassadors of Christ. You know, we're, I'm really against this idea of Christians being in isolation and not being out in the world. You know, we're, we are light and light's pretty useless if it's shut up behind a closed door. It's meant to be out there and shine in the darkness. You know, using this yeah. this analogy exactly, and you know the the whole thing around truth, for instance, is is not only about telling the truth, it is or even believing the truth. Uh, it has an element of um, kind of being honest and almost transparent to it. Um, you know, because really, easy, isn't it for people to pretend to be something that they're not, to pretend to have their, all their lives all together. And yet inside, they're simply living right on the edge of a breakdown because of the worry and anxiety. Yeah. Um, that's not living. It's, actually, it's linked with the idea of, of hypocrisy. The idea of, of hypocrisy is, uh, the Bible, the, word, the, the, the Greek word is, is two-faced. Yeah. Uh, and and it's actually, the, 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 the truthful person is, suppose it's what you see is what you get you know this this is me to coin that song <laughs> uh, this is me yeah. yeah but but that idea and that, that reduces on your point it reduces stress it reduces anxiety you know if this is who you are and who you are is truthful it is, is righteous you know you know you haven't got to worry about what have i said to that person what face have i put on what what mask have i worn you know this is me and, and, you know, what you see is what you get. And, and for us, we want that to be honesty and truthfulness, you know, integrity. You know, these kind of phrases are, are what link into to this aspect, yeah. which is a far mm-hmm. easier way to, to live, less stressful way to live if you can, you know, do that. Absolutely. And then uh, we have this little verse in verse 10, which actually is quite um, a difficult word to uh, translate, really. And find out what pleases the Lord, as it says in the NIV. Yeah. Uh, a couple of versions say, prove what pleases the Lord. Mm. Um, because the, the, the Greek word, which here is, uh, translates find out, has that element of test out. Testing, yeah. yeah. Um, which is kind of an interesting thing here, isn't it? So this, it's not only kind of find out, you know, discern what pleases the Lord, or actually show by the way that you live that when you please the Lord, there is something, um, it adds something to your life. It is worth doing, and it and it brings the light and pleasure of God upon your life. I think that has to be more where it's going. Otherwise, it really doesn't fit into the verses either side. You know, there's the idea of, te- you know, and test what approval, you know, live in the light, you know, and and live a life pleasing to to God is is that that and I, I I can't be an encouragement to to go on an investigation personally. I, you know, because it just doesn't fit into the context of all around it. Is live a life. You know, the previous verse says, uh, you know, uh, live as children of the light. You know, and and prove what pleases God. You know, show to the world. 
you know, what 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 pleases God yeah. to me is the kind of sense, you know, of, of that. Yeah. Uh, I think and the, what, what goes afterward would back that up. We'll come to that next. Yeah. <laughs> There's also kind of discernment, though, isn't it? Because, uh, you know, Scripture doesn't tell us absolutely everything that we need to to grapple with in this life or how we should live there's always an element in which we are trying to discern how to live in every situation in a way that pleases yes. God, you know, because. Uh, and which is a nightmare. I mean, for me personally, uh, I'm always looking at any book that, that talks about how to discern the will of God or, uh, oh, this is the magic. This is, you know, oh, the, I, I like the, and you read it and basically it's all the same. Nobody will give you the answer of how to test and prove another verse, test and prove God, you know, yeah. you know God's will is good. Well, that's that's Romans chapter the end of twelve verse two, isn't it? You know, there's no easy scenario. I say to anybody listening, if anybody's got one, let me know. But let me assure you, I think you'll, you'll struggle it, to discern God's will. Is no easy uh, job. It's a it's a lifelong journey of of testing and manipulating and working things out and feeling and developing a a, a listening ear and a an understanding of God's voice as opposed to your own human mind and that kind of stuff. And I fall apart on that so often. <laughs> Biggest frustration in life. Don't we all, don't we all. Uh, and then finally, verse 11. Um, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. So what what's important for you in that? There's a phrase that I was taught when I was younger is it's easy, easier to be pulled off a pedestal than to pull somebody onto a pedestal. If you can have that picture. Mm-hmm. And as Christians, um, I, I was told this with regards to girlfriends and boyfriends, you know, oh, I know they're not a Christian, but, you know, I really feel I can draw them into church. I'll draw them into the light. I'm a I would say to me, no, it's far easier for you to be drawn into the darkness. It's far easier to be pulled off the pedestal. And and I, I think that the warning is here, what, what Paul says in what was it, uh, Timothy, do not be not unequally yoked to an unbeliever, which is not just about marriage. But, but the, the warning there is, uh, is if you start making strong bonds, strong relationships, you know, getting mixed up with uh, then, you know, there's a warning a warning there. And, and so Paul says, just don't go there, you know. And it's, it's a very unique person who can go into the walled city of China uh, and, and, and do that lifestyle uh, and, uh, and, and be a, a shining light. They're doing that. It's a real calling. The, 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 standard, the, the standard appeal in the Bible is flee from evil, resist the devil, turn your back on him. Don't go to the darkness. That's the standard uh, uh, encouragement that, that we get. And this passage is no different, mm. uh, I suggest. Yeah, I think, I think I'd almost disagree with it, a little, with what you just said a little bit. Because I think the kind of thing, because the way he says, but rather expose them, uh, the kind of, the, the sense there isn't just about kind of pointing them out saying that's wrong. It's mm. much more about, uh, so, you know, it's, it's about light and darkness. Yeah. You only bring light into darkness by proximity. You. you know, if you yeah. bring the light into the darkness, that reveals where the dark, you know, the, the, what's in the darkness. 
Um, and I think there's something here about the way that we, sh we should be living our lives should reveal the darkness around us for what it is, that it's fruitless. Yeah. That it's pointless. Yeah, I, I agree. We shouldn't be in hermits behind closed doors. We, we, uh, we should be out there. But there's a stark warning of have nothing to do with the deeds of darkness. Now, obviously, the deeds of darkness is, is different from darkness. If we're saying that we were once darkness, then darkness are, are, are people. The deeds of darkness are the things that people do. You know, uh, uh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah there's definitely, you know, we're not being encouraged to, um, we're not, we're not being encouraged to, to, to live behind closed doors. But, you know, if, if for example, we're, you know, we're, we're going out to, to uh, get involved in helping drug addicts, you know, kick them off it, we don't do that by becoming a drug addict. We don't reach prostitutes by becoming a prostitute or, or by going and visiting prostitutes to understand what men are like that go there. You know, and, and there's a whole lot of issues with people who get embroiled in stuff with an attempt to, to reach out. And we've got to realise there's a big difference. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the verse, well, the passage actually that comes to mind a little bit is um, John chapter 1, where... It's all about Jesus coming to live amongst us. And then John gets into the whole, you know, light and darkness thing. You know, the, yeah. the darkness could not put him out because he was the light. Uh, and yeah. it was only because of that kind of proximity that he revealed what was in the darkness. Um, so there's a kind of, I think there's something there for people to reflect on, isn't there, in their groups about what, what does that yeah. verse actually mean? How's that actually, how do we actually live out that exposing of the darkness in a way that keeps us safe and having nothing yeah. to do with the, the deeds of darkness, but also by the example we set in the light that shines out from us, reveals darkness for what it is. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I was just wondering, you know, don't, don't con yourself. Don't, don't, don't try and pretend that you're spending every night in the pub because you're reaching out. If actually it's because you're getting drunk. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, that, that's the kind of the, the warning there, yeah. You know, reach out, reach out to the darkness, reach out to these people, but don't con you, con yourself when you're getting involved in the deeds of, of darkness. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So uh, let's move on and just think about some aspects of the application of this passage and go a little bit wider. Okay. So let's spend a bit of time thinking about what this means for us. So um, how about we start with conversion, Rob? Because that's a that's a, always it's a good place to start, isn't it? Because what we see here is Paul, as I said, we said in our uh, uh, before that conversion is radical. You know, once you were darkness and now you are light in the Lord. I mean, that's you can't get a starker thing there, can you? Um, but for some people, that's easier to see than for others, isn't it? You know, because if you became a Christian when you're a kid, yeah. You might have you might have been living a nice life. You might have been an adult yeah. and lived, lived a, a good life. Oh, um, but you were still darkness, and I don't think many yeah. people understand just how radical conversion is. Have you got any thoughts or reflections on that? I I think you're right, and because because you are right, I, I think there's a, a misunderstanding. You know, as I mentioned in the sermon, uh, about what conversion is, about the need for 
uh, salvation. Uh, I think many people see that you know salvation is for Hitler. You know he he needs to be, to be sorted out. And Bin Laden, as I said in that quote, yeah. lots of good people, well they're they're okay. Surely God wouldn't send a good person, you know, you know, to hell. Or, you know, you know, not give me eternal life. And it's just misunderstanding, as I mentioned, that that goodness is not a, a, a root to the spirit; it's a fruit of the spirit. And I think it's really, really important that we understand what the Bible says that for all of sin, fallen short of you know, God's standard, the glory of God. Yeah. Uh, and I think you know, I think one of the things that I encourage people to do is to reflect on uh, verses of Scripture like that. You know, for all have sinned and fallen short. Every single person fallen short. And if you were the kind of person who came to faith and you're still living a good life before Jesus, you need to understand that no matter how good your life was, it still was not good enough because you couldn't be perfect. And the opposite, I think it's really encouraging the opposite, is listen, if you're listening to this today and you think you've had the pits of a life, that you are just, you're so bad that you, you know, you're, you're not worthy. You're right. But guess what? None of us are. Exactly. So you're in the same boat as the rest of us. Exactly. You know, and that, in many ways, that's good news, you know, because it doesn't matter, you know, how good a life you lived or how bad a life you lived. We're all in the same boat of accepting the gift of Jesus Christ, as you know, Galatians, Ephesians 2, verse 8 and 9 says. We've yeah. all got to do the same thing, which is good news. So I would encourage you to spend time reflecting on what the Bible says about who you once were and who you are now and understand you've changed. Well, at least if you've come to Christ, you have. How about uh, a second application? So we were talking uh, before about verse 11. Um, that whole thing about exposing darkness and our proximity to it and how we shouldn't be drawn into it. Um, Let's, let's just draw that out a little bit because that is an important thing for us, isn't it? As you said before, uh, you know, we're not meant to live as hermits. We live in the world. Yeah. Well, how do we do that and also stay good and true and right? Yeah. I mean, for me, I think, you know, it, you know, there is a call to evangelism. There's a, a call to, to, to reach out into the darkness, but, I would say quite a few things is don't do it without preparation. Don't do it willy-nilly. We're entering into a battle against the spiritual realms. You know, don't be casual. Don't be flippant. And I would never possible. I would also say do it with support of friends and family and the Holy Spirit and, and the Bible. That's if you're doing something more you know, specific. But even if you're thinking, I, I really want to challenge somebody at work this week because – because they're always swearing all the time, or, or because they're always being uh, sexual, or you know, or they're being uh, racist, or whatever, you know, that that's a battle. It's exposing darkness. It's exposing wrong, evil, whatever. You know, spend some time in prayer. Tell tell friends to pray for you. You know, bring it before God. Mm. We're entering into enemy territory. Don't do it lightly. Uh, and be aware, you know, of these situations. I think it's it's kind of understanding yourself, isn't it? Uh, understand what your weaknesses may be. So, yeah. you know, things that, I mean, 
I, I know a lot of people who uh, were addicts, came to faith, cleaned themselves up, and their heart is to see other addicts experience what they've experienced. And so they want to reach out to addicts, but of course that they are simply putting themselves into a place where they are likely to be tempted again. Uh, And sadly, I've seen too many, you know, relapse and just because they're trying to reach their friends who are addicts. I suppose the other thing to reflect on is if you are deliberately seeking to, you know, enter into places where you know there are deeds of darkness, is your life shining bright enough for Jesus to actually make a difference? Yeah. You know, if, if you are half-hearted about your faith, then you're just gonna you're just gonna be drawn into whatever they're doing. Um, but if you are sold out for Jesus and your life reflects that, then you are likely to make a difference because your light yeah. shine in the darkness. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on to some questions for people to reflect on. So, Rob, let's uh, share some questions for people to, to chat about in their mission communities or, in, or to reflect on on their own. Uh, why don't you go first? What's your first question? Uh, one of the things that I said in my sermon was, was that the uh, goodness is a fruit of the Spirit, not, not a root to the Spirit. And many people, if I was to ask the question, uh, how do you become a Christian? Now, I don't want the answer by living a good life. So, so what is the answer to, to that question for you? How would you explain to somebody what it is, what it means to become a Christian? How would you do that to somebody who asked you that question? I think that's a great question. I think that's almost... Maybe have two or three verses that maybe you could, you could yeah. use or pull on to expand or explain your answer. Indeed, yeah. I think there's even a sermon series in that, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's a great question. Uh, uh, my, my question, I've got a question that kind of builds on that. Uh, why don't you reflect on your conversion? Tell the story of your conversion. Um, but the, the question is, how different are you now compared to before you came to Christ? Just to reflect on that. Uh, third question, Rob. Third question is uh, uh, around the idea of uh, doing good. And in my, my seminar, you know, I mentioned the fact that, you know, the, the quote by Simon Wiesenthal from the, the Holocaust survivor, evil flourishes when good men do nothing or good women. And he was being sarcastic with that, that, that statement because we're not good if we do nothing. You know, we're good when we do good. So my, my question for you is, how do we uh, develop the, the character to actually do good as opposed to the old British or English idea of just not getting involved and doing nothing. You know, I won't get involved in that conflict. I won't get involved in that discussion. I won't, I won't step in. I'll just keep my distance and I'm okay. That's neutral and it's not doing good and it's not good enough to, from a Bible perspective. So how do we develop a character so that we actually do good? Final question is this. Uh, on a scale of one to ten, I like to do these kind of questions, and you're not allowed to say five. Uh, how good are you at discerning what pleases the Lord? It's just a way to reflect on where you're up to. But the real part of the question is, well, how can you get better at it? What will you do to get better at it? So on a scale of one to ten, how good are you at discerning what pleases the Lord? And how will you get better at it? 
Rob, thank you for your time. Thank you for preaching on Sunday. It was great as ever. So we're going to uh, finish here. Do please join us again on Sunday and again next Tuesday for another edition of Deeper. Take care now. Goodbye. <laughs>